Ahoy! And welcome to the Sea Captain Way podcast with Phil Bender and Greg Patton, where we help listeners navigate the uncharted waters, personal and professional growth. The Sea Captain Way is about energizing top performers to take on risks and push beyond their comfort zone to pursue life-changing goals and achieve peak performance. We're going to help you build your vision by showing you how to break free of boundaries that are holding you back. All right, Phil. So baseball season is back. I'm excited. I know you are uh, probably excited too. And the big news here in St. Louis is we have re-signed Albert Pujols to a one-year contract. So the big man is coming back and uh, I'm excited about it. I had seen, I follow the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, have a Facebook page. I'm sure they got a bunch of them. They've got a fan page. Somebody posted a couple of months ago that they thought the Cardinals should sign Pujols to a, a one-year contract so that he could come back and Pujols and Wainwright and Molina could all retire together at the end of the season. And somebody put a comment on the post that said, if that happens, it'll send an MLB record for the most grown men crying at a baseball game. <laughs> <laughs> so I will be one of them. Well, so, uh, that's exciting. It is exciting. And uh, again, we both had that St. Louis connection. So for listeners, they're going to have to live with that part, I guess, if they're going to stay with us. But I do think it's good. I think it solidifies the fact he'll wear the Cardinal hat in the Hall of Fame, which is yeah. a good thing too. And it's good. Yeah. It's good for for baseball to have that type of thing this year. Oh, yeah. It'll be great for attendance too. I know that they've been low attendance the last couple of years, so I'm sure that's going to help. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's uh, <laughs> speaking of our topic today, right? Brand standard. He certainly has uh, incorporated that throughout his career. Right. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, which is branding and how to build a strong brand. Um, I'm a big believer in the fact that a business's brand is one of its most important assets. You know, it basically is all a firm stands for and aspires to be. I know this topic resonates with you because you're adamant your team members live up to your brand standard. So let's start with your business. Why did you name your business Sea Captain Coaching? Why not something more CEO-like or you know related to insurance or wealth management? Well, I went through in a previous episode, some of the details about the personal link to it, you know, that I was uh, not as much a sea captain as it was a nickname that people gave me based on my running the firm. And we had a lot of nautical themes. And I think theme is a big part of our discussion today is how do you take a theme and how do you drive it so that people are attracted to it or understand it? Because Sea Captain really is all about navigating uncharted water, okay, of personal professional growth. So that's where the Sea Captain is today. That's where it lives. Mm -hmm. And that is that imagine an unlimited horizon that you have in your life that you are taking on challenges and creating what I call a one degree shift that over a vast ocean will take you to a completely different place. Now that's not about being off course. Okay. It's about a whole new destination. And so those are the things that sea captain drive now and resonate now. As I said before, I don't even own a boat right now. Okay? I'm a, <laughs> I'm a friend with boat person. So those are the pieces that drive the brand, drive some energy around it. 
and make it attractive to people. And I'll share a few thoughts a little a little later about unique examples of that. Yeah, so I've been working on marketing and branding projects for 30 years. And I would say one of the best definitions of a brand I've ever heard is from a guy named Scott Bedbury. And Scott is a branding consultant who is the CEO of a company called Brandstream. He also wrote a book called A New Brand World. So he's one of my idols. He turned Nike into a juggernaut, you know, back in the 80s with the the Just Do It campaign. And then his next tour of duty, he went to Starbucks and he duplicated the, the that feat of, of building that brand out and putting it on the map. So Scott Bedbury said, a brand is a promise that a business makes to its customers. And I just love that. I, I think it's yeah. so perfect because brands that people love, like Apple, McDonald's, Nike, Starbucks, all deliver a high quality experience. They also have a consistent look and feel to them. So I know you understand the importance of this by how you manage your brand. So could you give us, share some thoughts around how you maintain your brand standard um, for your business and how you coach your clients to pay attention to that? Yeah, well, we've been talking about a lot of these in previous podcasts, but the first piece starts with vision, core values, mission to serve, and having a sense of clarity in that because the reinforcement of an ideal drives people to it, drives people to the energy. And how do we create that energy? So that people start to say the words. (laughs) Let me give you an example. It's kind of cute. Yeah. If you remember back to Big Mac when I was a kid, I didn't just know two all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. I didn't just know that. I knew bun, seed, sesame, onion, cheese, pickles, lettuce, sauce, special patties, beef all two. (laughs) Okay. I knew it backwards. Because that was branding. That was commercial, right? And I watched a lot of TV when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, I was like you, very into it. And to this day, whenever I'm at a party and we start talking about jingles, I'm right there. And so I think it stimulates the brain. It's a feeling you get from that experience. Right. And so when I'm in my coaching practice, I'm asking people, what do you stand for? Right. What is it that you stand for? And then how often is it repeated? For example, in a meeting, do you lead every meeting with the mission of the firm, the mission of your organization? Do you lead every single meeting with core values? Do you lead it with vision? You lead every meeting you have, whether it's with a client, or internally with those elements, you're going to find that people start to connect to them. They start to resonate. And even if they don't, they move on Mm -hmm. because core values are the ground rules of any organization. Sure. So these are things that I'm always focusing on with people and how, how do they repeat them? How do they feel them? Does the customer connect to them? Those types of things. Yeah. So Bedbury also said that a great brand is like raising a great kid, that you need to be patient 
a number of people I've worked with to like launch a new website. Invariably, they'll say, I want my new web, I want my new site to come up at the top of the Google rankings, you know, right, right out of the gate. Yeah. So how do you help your clients understand the importance of patience and continuing to invest in their brand to grow it? Well, let's stay with your parenting example. I say this quite often that kids don't listen to a word you say as a parent, but they do watch every move you make. And so they're paying close attention. They may not be letting you know that. So if they're watching every move and in leadership, the key to leadership is, is how are you operating when no one's looking? Right. Okay. Then how often are we modeling the behavior that will drive brand? And, and I'm not Starbucks and I'm not McDonald's and I, right. that's not my thing. I don't aspire to be maybe someday sea captain will sell, will sell cookies or something, but it is about driving an experience. And that is what we drive a client experience where people that go through our programs say that was valuable. I grew, I got lift. That's the word I like to use. You do the things that we talk about, you will get lift. And it may not happen right away to your point about patience. But if you stay on that one degree shift over a vast ocean, don't lose sight of the prize, you will get lift. Awesome. So I'm also a big proponent of a strategy called challenger brand marketing. And it's an approach where a business isn't necessarily the biggest brand, like you mentioned, you know, they aspire to be and, and might be one day, but they seek to raise the bar and add a greater sense of purpose to the experience. We'll say it's, they become like the protagonist for the category, like Nike is for athletic performance. One way to do this is to become a thought leader in your industry. And you can do this by identifying a dimension of the category where you're able to outperform your competitors and then reframe the discussion to shift the landscape in your favor. Do you use a similar approach with your clients? And where I'm going with this is in the financial services space. I know you will talk about the difference between you know, advisors talking to prospects and, you know, offense and defense in terms of their approach. Could you expand on that a little? Yeah. Well, I do a lot of work as you identified. I do a lot of work. My background's in financial services. I do a lot of work with financial services, salespeople, people in performance-based careers. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so to look at marketing and you could teach this course uh, a lot better than I could. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the great gifts of working with you is I, I do learn so many things from you about those brand reinforcements, the consistency. But when I'm with somebody in a coaching scenario, okay, we are talking about vision and mission and goals and core values. And you're going to hear me say that a lot. And, and we do have even episodes dedicated to those. But what it really boils down to is who you are more so than even what you know. And I say this a lot to people because once you've established yourself, it's about who you are, what you stand for. I think it's why you see with so many brands, you see figureheads. I'll give like Wendy's, you know, you, you actually they put Dave Thomas on there to do uh, the ads, right? Right. Because yeah, exactly. And, and I, I hate to keep talking about fast food, but 
that's just an example. Yeah. And so you'll start to see people's actually the person's identified and they talk about some of those layers and, mm-hmm. and uh, that these are people that have created something. And yes, there is a standard that you can expect that you will receive from working with them. And at Sea Captain, we don't, we're no different. All of the coaches we have here are certified. Mm-hmm. Yeah? They all have experience and they're all aligning with Sea Captain as a delivery firm. Not that's and Sea Captain does provide content, but it's designed to help them help coaches build their brand, help them build their program, and in essence, create an identifiable entity that they can uh, utilize yeah, in so, building their goals. Yeah, something you're known for. Right. Um, so, another really effective tactic in the challenger brand marketing strategy is working to create what we call a lighthouse identity, which kind of ties in with your your sea captain coaching approach. And with a lighthouse identity, these types of brands have a really clear sense of who they are and what they stand for. And they just radiate confidence uh, that invites prospects to, you know, kind of navigate by their position in the market. So one of the challenges, if you're trying to, to build a brand, is finding a way to convey your messaging and execute exude this type of confidence. I know you you encourage your clients and the people you coach to be very precise with their language, which is important to me as a journalism major. Why can you sort of uh, extrapolate out why you you focus on being mindful of word choices and, and how you position yourself in front of prospects? Yeah, that's a great question. Words matter. Sure. I can think of so many situations where, you know, I made a word choice and and analyzed and said, boy, that didn't come off the right way. Right. How many times have we done that? Yeah. And sometimes words don't represent us either. We might be raised with a with a word or a phrase that was used when we grew up, and that word or phrase might have a bias or it might not be relevant anymore. And so to really understand what people, what will move them, Mm -hmm. what will drive them, Mm -hmm. what will take them to another place is important. And that's where the learning comes. You know, I pay very close attention, not just to the words that are said, but but the uh, what is behind them, identifying through my listening. Is this a theme word? Mm-hmm. Is this a protective word? Is mm-hmm. this a word choice where do they really have awareness around when they use that word or phrase, how it comes off? Mm-hmm. Because when you're in sales, you don't get a second chance sometimes. And how do you make that impact right away? So I know I'm going a little deep on this one, but it's really about the feeling, yeah. the connotation. Yeah, that you uh, pick up here, and then giving good people or giving people good feedback directly about when you shared that with me. Here's the feeling that it brought up in me. Mm-hmm. Are you aware? Has anyone ever shared that with you before? Mm-hmm. Because they could be missing tremendous opportunity just based on a placed word, phrase, mm-hmm. or uh, communication. 
Yeah, there's a Mark Twain quote that I love where he said uh, the difference between the right word and almost the right word is the difference between a lightning bug and a lightning bolt. <laughs> so <laughs> right. I took, uh, when I was a young uh, aspiring copywriter, I went to the Chicago Portfolio Center and it was taught by this guy. He was a legit madman, copywriter, creative, uh, Jeff Epstein. And he had worked at all a bunch of big agencies, Leo Burnett, Scally McCabe, Sloves. And he told a room, uh, he told us a, a group of young copywriters. He was in a creative meeting and they were working on Dentine was the brand. And he said they were trying to come up with a tagline. You know, we call it the phrase that pays. And he said, someone at the table said, how about brush your tongue with dentine? Because it used to be you're supposed to brush your tongue to get a clean mouth. And he said yeah. there was a pause. Somebody else at the table said, brush your breath with dentine. And it was like, boom. Yes. The guy that's was awesome. The first guy was that close, but missed it by that much. So he, yeah, yeah, that's a great example. It's like Raiders of the Lost Ark when he's, they're digging in the wrong place, right? Or yeah. When he's in the piece, you, you can have one word off. Right. And you're digging in the wrong place. Right. Um, right. So yeah, if we're gonna to move into like the masterclass territory. Yeah. So some of the hard won experience I've had working on branding projects is that one of a business's primary target audience is actually their own staff. Um, mm. you know, clients have to understand that they need to be able to inspire their staff because better people motivated for the right reasons are more passionate about what they're doing. And it can help create a stronger relationships with customers. Would you agree? Yeah. Oh, for sure. And it, it's interesting. As you said the word staff, my my mind went to team. Oh, okay. So okay. it's okay. It, it but it's a great example of how words that were uh, a word choice that was I don't even say acceptable. It's still acceptable. Yeah. But a word choice evolves. Yeah, yeah. To go from staff to team, because it's all about team. You see it with Disney. It's a cast member, right? And so building out a team that understands the brand standard is critical because their lack of awareness around the brand standard means that they're out representing the brand, not knowing or ignorant to what are the vital elements. And I do this in a lot of my coaching with advisors and salespeople with their teams is, have you ever actually sat and listened to one of your team members do a customer service call? Is there a message in there that they are sharing with the client? Are they mm -hmm. sharing what their day's like, <laughs> what their mood's like? Right. Okay. Are they talking too much, too little? Are they trying to answer questions without adequate research. In other words, one of the great gifts is saying, you don't have the answer right now, but I'll get it back to you within a certain time frame. Mm -hmm. So how often is that happening? Do we really pay attention and watch these things? Now, a lot of larger companies or corporations, they'll, they'll record calls, mm -hmm. customer service calls, mm -hmm. but I'd be interested to see how often they actually listen to them, but they're at least doing that. So how often do you spend time with the team making sure the brand standard is consistent, that sure. there's alignment, that um, we talk a lot about prospecting and sales. Team members can be wonderfully important, 
in the prospecting piece. You know, as they're doing a customer service or client service call, do they transition into a introduction to new prospects? So paying attention to that's important. The other layer I'll talk about is just having alignment in a meeting, having alignment between team members. I think we can do a lot more quality control here than we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I worked at an agency and there was a young writer and they asked me to kind of help coach him and mentor him along and listen in on how he was talking to clients. I gave him a little bit of advice uh, when I thought it was appropriate and I just watched him get better and better and better. And he, he would have a, you know, a mishap every now and then I listened to him talking to a client on the phone. And the, the conversation I hear is he said, uh, well, it sounds like you're trying to get all your ducks in a row. And then somebody shot all your ducks. <laughs> <laughs> so afterwards, I'm like, I appreciate where you were going there, but maybe something a little less drastic. Um, and so then also, yeah, I think uh, having your employees, having a uh, buy into the brand and a strong brand, it's also a great recruiting tool, would you say, that I, I think it's a great way to attract you know, new talent to a yeah. business. Yeah. We have always, we have so many dramatic examples, you know, high profile companies that have recruiting, right. you know, and uh, it's like going to work for Alabama or something, you know, on the football scale, right. it's recognizable, you know, but what is your individual brand? Okay. I have this philosophy, uh, which is if every team member can achieve their vision within the vision of the firm, there's no reason for them ever to leave. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. think about that for a second. So what more could they want than to achieve their, their vision, their life goals within the firm's goals? Yeah. So how do we attach those together? Yeah. And it doesn't, doesn't mean your firm has to be huge to have that. In fact, it should be consistently done regardless of the size. And, and I deal with a lot of advisors who have, you know, basically run small businesses, but, and they may have anywhere from two to 20 people involved in their practice, but still how do you align on core values, vision, mission, brand? Mm-hmm. And that's so important. And I'll share one thing. It's a nice opportunity for me to give a shout out to one of my key team members, uh, Lori Verastro, who has been with me for 20 years. And I think if we asked her, other than the fact that she probably would be embarrassed and doesn't like the spotlight at all. But if I, if I asked her about, did she achieve her vision within the vision? I think she'd probably say yes. Now, in the, in the meantime, when we have conflict, she and I, because of, of the volume of work, the calendar management that she does, the, the um, working in customer service with our clients, if I ever say to her, and I've probably done it two times in the last five years, I said, this was not a brand standard. If I no. say that to her, it crushes her. Oh. And, but both she and I, you and I always have to be asking that question because we hate it when we're not achieving brand standard. Mm-hmm. And yet it's so important sure. that we communicate and are able to in our trust relationship, which we have, we've had for a long time, to be able to say it and not have it create anything other than we need to get better. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so we're both baseball fans, Cardinal fans, and as much as it, it kills me to say it, I always admired the Yankees brand, just the storied franchise. And I love when somebody signs with the Yankees and they've got long hair or you know the big beard <laughs> or whatever, and they get they go you know they are they look like a old you know Jack Armstrong, yeah. the All American boy. They get that cleaned up. And, uh, you know, represent that organization and that franchise and wear that uniform. And uh, I always really admired that. And kind of on the flip side of the coin, I remember reading that back in the day, the 1970s Oakland A's, Charlie Finley would pay them to grow, you know, crazy mustaches and, you know, do all that because they had that flair. So, uh, yeah, good stuff. Well, brand standard changes. You gave the A's example. I was going to give it if you didn't. Oh, uh, since Cincinnati Reds used to have the Yankee uh, way that with that as well. Okay. Um, and brand standard can evolve. Okay. When I was running my firm, for me to have facial hair was no. not a brand standard, but eventually you got to be relevant and you got to evolve with the time, um, with the decade, with you know social change, if you will. And uh, I've had a beard ever since I. Uh, I uh, moved on and sometimes that standard can evolve and change based on the objectives of the firm. Yeah. I was also a fan of the big red machine back in the day, the the Cincinnati red, big red machine. I think uh, Pete Rose said, uh, you'd be ugly too. If you slid face first for 20 years into second (laughs) phase. (laughs) All right. So Uh, One last item I I would love to touch on, because we would be remiss if we did not, is relative to branding, is the importance of developing a unique value proposition. We both spend a lot of time working with our clients, honing their bio, developing their unique story to differentiate them from competitors. You know, in this exercise, it it takes some time to do. Some uh, advisors, you got to kind of, or some clients, you have to kind of motivate them into doing it, but it's it's time so well spent because that value proposition, sales narrative, whatever message map you want to call it, serves as a, a springboard into everything else. You take that messaging and then you start applying it to a website, LinkedIn profile, capabilities, presentation. And what makes it work, what makes it effective to me is it's the consistency of the language that you've got everybody kind of singing from the same songbook and you're hitting on the, on the same key points. Yeah. Um, so how do you help your clients understand the importance of, I know you've got it in your curriculum, putting together, spending the time and the energy to, to get together a value proposition and other thing to add, or just to tee it up one a little bit was you, I talked to one of your clients and he told me he started his day every day by reading by getting his mission statement, his value proposition mission statement out and and yeah. reading it as a way to get set for his day. So how do you drive that inspiration into the people you're working with? Well, again, it starts with vision, mission, goals, core values. Those are all layers. And I know I've shared that a couple of times, but I look at, well, let me give you an example. Maybe this will help with salespeople. Mm-hmm. You know, it used to be that brand standard was if you were a good salesperson, you had a nice suit, 
polished shoes, a nice car. So when you showed up, you look successful and a nice pen to execute a deal. Okay. Um, I used to have a Mont Blanc pen. Okay. I, I still have it. It's sitting in storage because nowadays what is brand standard? Well, it's a uh, nice website, right? Okay. Good social media profile, a good zoom backdrop, right? Like behind me. Yeah. And those are the things that matter now. Right. And that's, isn't that interesting that now paying attention to those things. So you can't pay attention enough to marketing, especially technology. Now, my brother Mm -hmm. who runs a business, they do commercial printing. If you ask my brother, what company does he run now? He says, I run a technology company. So the evolution here is to understand what's going on around you and how are you going to drive your value proposition And they do most of their business based on technology now Mm -hmm. where they used to have salespeople. Mm -hmm. They still have salespeople, but a good chunk of this work is now done online. Yeah. So when I'm talking to someone about their value proposition, it all starts with who they are first. Okay. What do they stand for? What is the vision that they want to achieve? How do they want to serve others? How do we make sure that the team is aligned? And then ultimately, how do we go to market consistently with purpose and you need to invest? This is a plug for trade win right now. <laughs> you need to invest in your marketing strategy. Right. Because if you think people aren't flushing you out by looking at your website and you have a picture still on there from 1990, <laughs> it it's not going to fly in today's world. Right. Right. And um, those are some thoughts around yeah. value prop. Yeah. So the the uh, founder of, of Starbucks, Howard Schultz, he's famous for saying everything matters, every detail, the bathroom, you know, every the, the quality of the toilet paper. And uh, an agency I used to work for, the, the president of the agency loved to tell the story about uh, the CEO of American Airlines was taking a flight. And he got to his seat and he pulled down the tray table and there was a coffee ring on the tray table. And so he called over, he asked for the A1 flight attendant in charge of the cabin. And she came over and he pointed to it. And he said, do you know what this means when people that are flying our airlines see it? And she said, oh, you know, maybe where the cabin crew was understaffed when they were cleaning last night or were trying to turn around too quick. And he said, no, this means bad engine maintenance. You know, wow. If we don't get this right, they're going to think, you know, what else, what other corners are they cutting? So I thought that was a a great way to to drive home that point. That's a great way to wrap this because that's the best example all day. I was bound to get one eventually. He gave me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mr. Smarty Pants. uh, Great conversation. One of my favorite things to talk about with one of my favorite people. Yeah. So, um, Thanks again for the time. And uh, we got to get people to the website to, um, you know, you got a new website. I think, I guess we should be promoting that, right? We did just update it. And, uh, you know, it's got now a lot of different layers to it, including curriculum for companies. Companies are able to design their own curriculum within our website and deliver tremendous programming using our material and some of their own. We like to collaborate with people and, uh, 
And yep. yeah, so that's yeah. exciting, uh, exciting yep. stuff going and on. And right the now. new expanded service offering, you got a speakers bureau. That's cool. Yep. So uh, yep. people get to, uh, when you get a chance, get to seacaptaincoaching.com and uh, check out what the sea captain has to offer. All right. Thanks, Phil. Yeah, you bet. Greg, good seeing you. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye bye. Thanks for joining us for this edition of the Sea Captain Way podcast. If you found the conversation valuable, please like, share, and post a review on your favorite podcast app. To learn more about Sea Captain Coaching and how you can start taking advantage of our purpose-driven coaching guidance, visit us at seacaptaincoaching.com and get the Sea Captain view on navigating uncharted waters of growth. The link is in the show notes. You can also follow us at Sea Captain Coaching on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Wishing you fair winds and a following sea on your journey. 